Paris Collins John. You're listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Yes, a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Fulham Focus podcast as we come to you live. Well, we're recording live, but you won't be hearing it live. After Fulham come away from Loftus Road with a 2-0 victory that puts us within nine points or eight points, depending on how you want to work with goal difference. Either way, promotion is getting all the closer after our emphatic victory yesterday, regardless of what Mark Warburton wants to say. Joining me for the podcast are Will Oakley and Matt Wiggins. So, here we go then. Fulham. Right, chaps. How are you feeling? Um, Obviously, a great day. Obviously, international break kind of takes the football, the joy of football away from it. Uh, somewhat. There's still some footballing news with the World Cup draw and everything, but it's still not the same and it's great to be back with club football. So, Wigo, I'll start with you first. Um, it was a derby day. Everyone, you know, it's 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 a great game. It's a great game for us to sort of start back on. If you're going to do it, it's it's a great occasion for doing it. But were your, what were your thoughts surrounding the, game, um, surrounding the game? Like, were you feeling nervous ahead of the game or were you feeling, uh, were you, were you feeling pretty comfortable? Um, I felt okay. I was curious to see how we'd come back from the international break um because obviously we went into it with a bit of a whimper um and that break was needed so to come back and then we needed three points we needed to sort of you know really start picking up those points to really see ourselves out of sight as soon as we can um you know for us it's another game all right it's a local game for the other side it was their cup final and um, it was an easy three points for us as always. So, you know, QPR were there to make up the numbers and that was about it really because they didn't get near us all game. And I think I said to you when we were there, they were pretty crap. And yeah, we thoroughly deserved the win and it's fantastic to get back to winning ways. Yeah, I will say just on your point about the cup final, that is one of my favourite chants when it comes to the game. Is you no know, whatever score is in your cup final, I do love it. It is one of the more shithousery chants that are out there. And I should probably say again, for disclosure, that the three of us did happen to sit uh, or rather stand uh, next to each other at the game, so uh, ideas were flowing and everything uh, for the podcast. It was a it was a really fun day. But we go uh, not we go. I'm just talking to you, Will. Again, your thoughts again about the game. How were you? How were you feeling ahead of it? Because QPR have sort of been inconsistent at points this season, and you know. The Derby Day, you know, results go out the window, form goes out the window. Fulham haven't exactly been steamrollering sides as we have been, you know, earlier in the season. So there was always the chance of a banana skin. I said that in the pub beforehand. But just overall, what were you thinking about before the game? How were you? Were you confident going into it at least? Yeah, I, I think I felt confident till about half two, and then suddenly, you know, you start thinking, "Oh God, this could go wrong." But I did say 2-0 before the game, actually. I'm not sure who I said it to, but I said it to someone, probably. And yeah, Did you put money on it, though? That's the important no, thing. I, I definitely did not. Oh, um, then don't bring it up. It's not worth bringing up. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think we, we look good throughout the game as well. I, I do disagree slightly with Wigo. I, I do think QPR looks good at points. I, I do think they challenged us a little bit. I thought the first 15 were, was actually more QPR than us, but... Yeah, we did thoroughly deserve deserve the win, but yeah, no. Despite the nerves at about half two, I uh, I think we were all 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 right. 
we looked uh, we looked comfortable, especially as soon as that first one went in. We just looked like we were pushing for the second the whole game, and yeah, two 0 in your cup final. That's how it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to sort of back to sort of before the game. Um, and, you know, the lineup the lineup comes out. We probably expected a couple of changes as a result of the international Joe you know, Anthony Robinson coming back late. Maybe some people weren't you know had their chance to get fitness back or anything. Um, it was a, still a pretty strong. It was still a pretty strong lineup uh, overall. Um, you know, a lot of the regulars were there. I think the only real sort of question mark because we know what our strongest team is this season, was the inclusion of uh, Bobby Reed out on the wing rather than Iskins Cabano. I think other than that, was that was my only real, not real complaint, but my sort of query. Like I've said during the season, you know, any combination of midfield you know, seems strong. You know, be it Reed and Kenny, be it Seri and Kenny, be it Reed, and whatever the combination are, you know, I feel comfortable. But Wigo, what were your thoughts on the lineup? Were you, were you happy with it? Or did you, again, just going into it think, oh, I'm not too sure about this. Do you think, do you, think you got it right? Well, you obviously got it right because we got the result, but were, you know, were you happy when it came out? Um, I do agree with you about Bobby Reed. He played at left wing at West Brom, and I think he played there as well at Barnsley. And uh, both those performances from him were very underwhelming. He wasn't effective at all on the left. Um, so, you know, in a Cabano's back fit, he's been unbelievable this season. So from our perspective of what we've watched this season, you would put Cabano back in straight away based on his performances and actually looking at the recent performances of Reed as well. I don't think they've been good enough to maintain a place. Um, he didn't have an awful game yesterday. I don't think he was great again. And I don't think he's really staking a claim to try and keep Cabano out of the team. Um, elsewhere, I, I was pretty happy, pretty content. I I do really rate Kearney still. You know, how can you not? The guy just absolutely dictates games, you know, as soon as he turns up. It's all around him. He is a fantastic player still. And um, yeah, yesterday was one of one of those fine performances from him. So good to have him back in the side. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like you say, Baldo, we know our strongest lineup. Uh, I get again. I think Kenny and and Reed was a great combination. I think also, um, you know, the two centre backs they've been playing next to each other all game. But I thought, especially yesterday, they looked so solid. I don't think they put a foot wrong. I thought Reem yesterday was absolutely amazing. I thought Reem was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I, again, I don't think Bobby played his best game. I don't think he's a winger, personally. I mean, I know he's played on the wing a number of times, but you've got to look. We said we were saying yesterday, you know, he scored 20 goals playing in the centre-forward striker role for, for Bristol City. I don't see a 20-goal player in there at all. Unless, you know, maybe if you play him in a system up front, it would be different. Or even behind the striker, I think he's looked good at times. But left wing, really not for me. I, I don't think he was good at all. And then the only other thing was Joe Bryan coming in. I mean, Robinson had international duty, so I get it. But I think they're both very championship left-backs for me. Uh, I think I said to you, Baldo, in the pub, Nico Williams at left-back, Tete at right-back would not be bad at all. Uh, and I know you were a fan of that. And I would still like to see that at some point, but we'll have to see. Hold on, I should put it, I'm not necessarily a fan of it. I'm just saying it is a way we could work because of how it works for Wales. I'm not necessarily screaming yeah, yeah. and shouting this. I'm just saying I'm just saying it, I'm just saying it is an option. 
So the game got underway and it started in slightly end-to-end fashion. There were a couple of nervous moments, I think I think it needs to be said on our end, a couple of nervous uh, passes from Rodak and stuff, for instance, a couple of sloppy passes. Uh, but it was us who took the lead, obviously, and uh, Mitro tapped home from a beautifully worked move that involved Nico Williams, uh, Harry Wilson and Fabio Carvalho. Talk me through the goal, lads. It was a well-worked move and the type of goal that we've sort of worked all season, it was it was a pretty much the definition of silver ball. I'm going to go to you, Wigo, because you said you didn't think the ball had gone in when, when it first went in. So talk me through what you were thinking of at that moment and why you weren't celebrating when the rest of us were. Oh, I was celebrating. I just think, you know, when you first look, it's like you just don't think it has gone in. And then obviously you notice it ripple the net and you go mad. And it was great. And it was a fantastic goal. And, you know, watching the highlights today, you just have to sit back and admire the passing quality for that goal. And, you know, the main man, the big number nine, he was in the right position again. And that is what you want from a striker. You want him to be in that position to tap the ball in. And, um, I mean, it wouldn't be a Mitro goal without a bit of shithousery towards uh, opposition fans, would it? Um, Really, really well-worked goal and, you know, well done to everyone involved in that because it was a brilliant, brilliant team goal and um, capped off with the perfect finish. Yeah, you say brilliant team goal. I was actually making notes, or mental notes rather, about 30 seconds before this. I was looking at the way QPR was setting up with their formation of the three, uh, three, five, two, as it were. Just thinking, there's not a lot of space here. I don't, you know, it's going to be hard for us to break them down. And then literally, as I was making a note on my phone, just all transfer it, uh, the ball, the ball splits in the fence. So that goes to show just how little I know about football, but still, here we are, still there. Anyway, um, but Will, talk me through the, talk me through the goal yourself. Again, we've sort of touched on the Mitchell aspect, but what about the build-up? To it yeah. all, yeah. It's it. it I, I wouldn't say it's one of the goals of the season. It's clearly not, but just the nice little build up towards it was pretty was pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, I think it just sums up how we've been playing football. Like you say, it is it is our football this season. That's how we've been playing it, and it's the traditional silver goal. Someone to the touchline, drag back. There's been a lot of a lot of cutbacks this season, and it, it works so well. I mean, I think it's Wilson that passes the ball to Carvalho. That pass is brilliant, by the way. And we've seen that from a number of players this season. I think Carvalho's done it a few times. Kearney's done it a few times. Even Mitrovic has done it a few times. But that that pass to get the ball to the touchline is is ridiculous. You know, it has to be tied perfectly. And then Carvalho to get on the end of it, drag it back. Obviously, like Wigo says, Mitrovic is always going to be there. But yeah, that, that's what we want to watch, especially after the Parker season. You know, we, we we want to watch entertaining football, and Silver really is providing it for us. You know, we score a lot of goals, and and like you say, I don't think QPR were that bad defensively, um, and we still managed to break them down. You know, as much as we hate QPR and as rubbish as they were yesterday, they're still one of the stronger sides in the league. But we just make it look so good to watch; it just looks easy. But it just, I think, it just shows how good we are attacking, really. Exactly. We're going to touch on the QPR, uh, what few chances they had in a second. But uh, just to continue on where we were sort of attacking, uh, we maintained the pressure throughout the first half and went close to a couple of decent efforts. Fabio Carvalho with a very, very impressive run that you know would have been a brilliant finish. Uh, it got deflected and just about uh, cleared off the line. But then we also had another one that was uh, from Bobby Reed, a beautiful curling pass around the side from Tom Kearney who, again, as we said, was dictating play incredibly well. He's, he played He was played through one-on-one and put his effort straight at the keeper. Now, we talk often about players that are going to be around for next season, and you sort of touched on it earlier, Will. 
that's the sort of moment that makes you think in the Premier League, we're not going to be able to get away with that. You know, we nearly didn't get away with it yesterday because QPR did provide a couple of chances. But, Will, do you think it's one of those moments that makes you think, right, does he have a role to play next season? You know, not necessarily as a regular starter, but even, you know, at, you know, as a squad rotation player level. You know, similar, similar to what he is now. Do you think he has a role to play next season in the Premier League? The problem is for me, I think the only reason why Bobby Reed is a good squad player is because of the amount of positions he can play in. He can play left wing, right wing, attacking midfielder up front. And, you know, he's played centre mid a couple of times. He's even played wing back. But for me, if we do sign a new winger, which I think we should, then Cabano ends up being back up. And then we still have Cavalero. For me, Bobby Reed is right down the pecking order. I mean, I, I I really don't think he's worthy of the Prem. And watching that chance, at, at the time, I thought it was the right idea to shoot. But I watched it on the replay today and Mitrovic was actually very open um, in the box. And, and I think the better option would have been to dink it to Mitrovic. I know, easier said than done, but watching the replay, Mitrovic was very, very open and I don't think it was a good choice to shoot. And if you're going to shoot a one-on-one, you should be scoring. And it was poor. It wasn't even close. It, it was literally right at the keeper, right in the middle of him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's hardly championship quality, let alone Prem, I've got to be honest. And I think if we do want to sell him, this is the last season we're going to be able to get anything for him. I mean, we signed him for 10 million. We're not going to get that, but we might be able to get somewhere around five, maybe maybe six or seven, but that's a push, I think. I think you're being a bit harsh saying he's not championship quality. That's a little bit... He was our top scorer in the Premier League last season. You know, let's not forget he scored some, you know... Big goals, all right. We didn't score many as a team. But, um, you know, the goal at home to Liverpool is obviously a highlight. It was a brilliant, brilliant finish. And there were moments last season where he stepped up. Unfortunately, that was a case of being in a bad team. In a good team this year, he doesn't stand out. And this is a problem as well. And this is, like I've said about Robinson, in a bad team you don't really stand out as playing crap because everyone is. When you're in a good team that's steamrolling this league, which is what we are doing, a bad performance really stands out. It's really obvious. Now, Bobby Reed's had a few of them this season and it is going to be interesting to see if he is involved next season. I do think he could be on the bench. Because of his versatility, you know, as we said last year, he played wing back and he played really well when he played wing back. So you never know. You never know what Silver's got lined up in the uh, in the summer. But you know, I wouldn't be dead against him being part of the plans next season as like a rotation player. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, to, to be fair, saying he isn't championship quality was quite harsh. But I, I mean. This season, in our championship squad, he hasn't been quality enough, is what I'm trying to get at. And I just think if we're striving for Prem quality, we can't be looking at the at a player who was that good last season. We need to be looking at better than Bobby Reed. I mean, he might be all right. He, I, I do... I do think he's done well to to stay at Fulham. You know, he's been with us for a few years now and he seems like a nice guy. I just don't think he's the player we need. We... We just we need someone quality that's got preferably Premier League experience and someone that's going to keep us up. And I don't think Bobby Reed's Premier League quality for us. 
I, I think I think that's fair enough. Um, funny you say uh, not not being prone to quantity attack. That leads us perfectly onto Queens Park Rangers. Uh, they did have a couple of uh, efforts in uh, during the game. Li- literally a couple of efforts. The BBC stats said they had two shots on target. I can only really remember one, which I think just demonstrates how badly they played during the game. But they they did have a couple of efforts. Came close a couple of times. It did cause a few uh, a few nervy moments, especially towards the end of the first half. We go. Were you ever? Well, I know you were worried because you were saying, "Oh, we need we need a second goal," and it, you know, in hindsight, it sort of makes sense. But at the same time, you look at the stats and think, "Oh, we were never really in danger." But just talk, just talk me through: were you genuinely concerned about what QPR could could have could have produced at some point? Because uh, again, I wasn't really all that worried, apart from that short burst at the start uh, towards the end of the first half. I think. You know, football's a game of fine margins, isn't it? In any game against any team, a one-goal lead is always, you know, quite thin. It, it, a game can change at the flick of a switch. So one counter-attack and they can be in on goal. One mistake and they can be in on goal and get an equaliser. So you always need to push for that second goal because you never know what moment of quality a team can produce. Um, but we just needed to kill the game off. They did have a spell in the first half. Um, where they sort of had a few attacks, couple of shots, you know, some off target, couple on target, but they they didn't really threaten. And it's amazing to see on Twitter the amount of QPR fans say how well they played. You know, they played all right. They, they weren't great at all. As I say, a bit of a spell in the first half. But I mean, it, they they really need to sort themselves out if they're going to get into the playoffs because. You've got to be, these are the games that you need to win. You've got to be testing yourselves against the bigger clubs, which is us. Because, um, you know, if you want to be in the Premier League next year, we're one of the teams fighting for rele- fighting for survival next season. You've got to turn up. They didn't, they really didn't look threatening at all, other than a bit of a spell. But yeah, even then, you're never too worried. But what what one moment can do is change a game. Um, but luckily for us, that didn't come. Yeah, don't know what, don't know whether or not you want to admit that you're reading QPR on Twitter, but I'll leave that. I'll leave that up to you. Um, we'll move on to we'll move on to the second. We'll move on to the second half, and we did have a couple. We had a couple of chances. Uh, Mitrovic had two uh, from successive corners. One a nice little flick, another flicked header uh, that uh, got cleared off the line. Um, Harry Wilson had a couple. One that I thought he sort of dallied on, and I think it just goes to show how how confident he is on his left. But how sort of unconfident, I think that's a word, he is on his right because it's just one of those moments you think just you know, just pull the trigger or pull it back to one of the players who's in the box. So obviously it's not on his right. But the, the main talking point, I think we need to move on to our second goal uh, of the day. And it came it came from a it came from a penalty, it came from a handball, which even with the rosiest of rose-tinted glasses on. I don't think any of us can really admit was a handball. I, would you say that we got incredibly lucky with that one, Will? Yeah, I don't think it was. But then at the same time, I, I, every single Fulham player runs at the ref. And I know that can be a tactic, you know, just get the ref to change his mind. But I've never seen players that per- persuaded, if you like, that it was a penalty. And none of the fans complained from what I can remember. I mean, maybe some closer to the player did. But no one where we were sitting was, was shouting handball, I don't think. Um I watched the replay as well. It's just come off his shoulder, really, I think. Or if it has come off his hand, his hands are right by his side. So, yeah, I do think we got lucky. But 
you know, it's championship referees. Every club complains at one point. We've had our fair share of, of bad refereeing. So it's just, well, not unfortunate, but it just happened to QPR, didn't it? So that's that's what happened. And obviously, Mitrovic converts because that's what Mitrovic does. He, he scores from 12 yards. We've had our penalty problems in the past, but this season we actually don't seem to be doing that bad with penalties. And yeah, we, we don't mind that at all. I think, Wigo, you were saying... Last time you were at QPR was when Chris Martin had the penalty, weren't you? Yeah, it was a year where we lost to Reading in the semi-finals. I think we missed like 13 penalties. I might have just plucked that number out of thin air. But, you know, every man and his dog was lining up to take a penalty and missing. You know, even Tim Ream had a pop. Um, that was that was so, up in Newcastle. That was the that yeah. was the taking Patrick off Sessignon. I, 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 yeah, so whoever was in charge at that moment, I think Slav made the decision. Slav, to get, I would never, I would never forgive Slav for that. I mean, he, he did well afterwards, obviously, but it's still one of those things. You know, Sessignon never got a hat trick for it. Wait, no, he didn't get. No, he did. I think he did against Sheffield United the last the season afterwards. Even so, he had his hat trick taken away from him. Um, but yeah, you were saying there, Will. Championship referees and you know players crowding around. I think in the in a VAR in the Premier League, we def we definitely don't get that. And you say you've never seen it before. You obviously weren't around for the um, Ashley Cole Andy Cole incident um, against Arsenal back in two thousand and four. I think we go. You probably you probably remember that. You were of a certain age. Do you remember that with the Mark Holsey? No, no. I'm, you're both shaking your heads on your screen, so I'm the only one. I'm sure there is a certain vintage of Fulham fans out there that will sort of uh, that, that will remember it. Um. After that, the game sort of petered out ever so slightly, um, as did the QPR fans from their seat um, after the second after the second one went in. With the just, I, I just want to touch uh, just quickly though. I did have it as a mention uh, previously, but we sort of skipped over. I want to touch on Stephanie Hansen, and because you you have to whenever whenever we're playing QPR and you have to mention Stephanie. I think a very I think a very good moment. Um, the fact that when he was when he was substituted off, he applauded. You know, he applauded all three sides of the of uh, Loftus Road, no, the Kyle Prince uh, Stadium, uh, rather. But then did make a point of saluting the Fulham fans as well. It just goes to show there is st- there is still a love for Stephanie Hansen, even if he has joined, even if he has joined that lot down the road. Uh, and will you know it's a it's a it's a very good moment to see that he still does hold a, a place in Fulham in Fulham fans' hearts. A lot of Fulham fans' hearts, you know. J Mac, you know, shout out to J Mac. I still think he's his favourite Fulham player of all time. But yeah, just just give us a quick word on Stephanie Hansen. Yeah, I, I love Johansson at Fulham, and he's one of those players where if we were playing against him, I, I think I'd absolutely hate him. I mean, you got to think about all the tackles he put in for us, all, all the little shithouse tackles, you know the. Not last man, but almost last man where he'd get a yellow card for it in the 80th minute. He didn't do any of them against us, but yeah, I really loved Johansson and I was happy to see he he clapped us back. And I think he gave us a little clap when he was taking a corner as well, I think. Um, uh, The only thing is, I I was reading Twitter as well afterwards, QPR Twitter. I've I've been reading it, I've got to admit. But um, there was a lot of QPR fans saying he hasn't been that good for them this season. Obviously, uh, they really rated him when he was at loan there last season. But, um, yeah, this season they said he hasn't really done much and there's a bit of a dressing room problem. Uh, and they, they weren't very happy that he applauded Fulham fans and he got subbed off either. But, you know, that's, that's what we do. We're always going to be better than QPR. So they've just got they just got to take it in. Yeah, you don't almost... applaud the opposition fans in your cup final. That is obviously <laughs> the decorum. Exactly, it's, it's yeah. the cup final aspect. That's 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 he's, the worst piece of it. He's great, Agent Steph Joe. We, <laughs> I, I will always love him, even if he has gone to QPR. He is 
you know, he'll always be remembered for that season that we got promoted, you know, in the midfield trio of McDonald, Kearney and him. It was fantastic. And that will never be forgotten. He'll always uh, have a place in Fulham Hearts, I'm sure. He will indeed. And just on the subject of uh, substitution, because that was when the moment happened when he was substituted off. I just want to, again, just have a quick moment um, about about Shalaba. Because he played, a, he played a big part in the in the uh, in the second goal. Rather, it was his uh, driving run and pass um, that sort of led up to the handball. And again, it's the same sort of situation with with Bobby Reed. Do you think he has a role to play with us next season, or do you think he's going to be you know dropping down, you know, dropping down the pecking order? Because we have talked about whether or not we're going to need a new central midfielder, and you know, with talks, you know, whether or not Kenny is going to be with it, or if he's going to have a role. Seri is out of contract. You know, whether or not we take up the option of we extend him. So there may be some juggling in and out, but where do you think he lands on the you know on the pecking order for midfielders next season? Wigo, do you think he has a role, or do you think he may have to be shipped out to um, allow other people to come in? It's a tricky one because he can have games where he's absolutely fantastic, which he has had, and I don't think anyone can take that away from him. But he can have games where he is absolutely atrocious, as can anyone. Fair enough. But he's not played many games this season. And unfortunately, the ones where you want him to come in and really make a statement that he should be one of those starting in the centre of midfield, he's just not massively proved it. Um, I think, you know, his debut was his debut at Birmingham away when we won 4-1. He was fantastic. It's one game I can pick out. He played, I think he played quite, it was at Hull as well. I'm sure he had a really good game. And then next game, he was terrible. So it was really sort of up and down. It's going to be interesting to see next season because we definitely need a centre midfielder in the transfer window. You know, I, someone's got to partner Harrison Reed. I can't see Seri really being up to the pace. I, I Obviously, you know, I don't know. He might be. He might prove everyone wrong. Same with Kearney. Will Kearney really be able to keep up with the Premier League? Going to be interesting to see. But are we willing to take that risk of not signing anyone for that position? So, you know, it might be Chalaba fighting for that second spot in the centre of midfield next season. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So for, for me, I actually think he's going to play a decent part in the Prem just because I, I don't think we have an out-and-out CDM. I know Harrison Reed sort of is, but even this season he's played a lot further forward uh, than, than we thought he would, more of a box-to-box in a way. Um and Seri, I'm not sure. Obviously, like you say, last year of contract, he's getting a bit older. I don't know if Seri's going to be up for it. Um, I'd like to keep Kearney as well. But then again, we know about his injuries problem. And again, he's getting older. So I think Chalaba's probably our youngest centre mid that actually plays. Maybe Reed, but I think it's Chalaba. Um So yeah, I think he will actually play a part. I don't think he'll be starting, but... I think he'll be a good bench player next year because he is a, an out and out CDM, which we don't really have many of us, many of even. Um, he reminds me a bit of McDonald in the fact he's not expected to get forward. He's big, he's strong. Um, so yeah, I think he's a CDM that we need. Probably not good enough to start. Well, definitely not good enough to start thirty-eight prem games. But you know, if we're winning, there's absolutely no harm in putting him on for an attacking midfielder or something like that in the prem next season. 
Yeah, I think both both eloquent points. I, I I'm sort of agreed. I think he he does have a role, but I, I I personally can't see him. I can't see him starting anything. If you you look at the team and what we sort of want to do, he's not quite Premier League quality. Again, a year developing, a couple of minutes here and there. I think he can become one, but I just I off the top, you know, I wouldn't want him starting on the you know on the opening day. You know, whilst he may have Harrison Reed, who I think is a Premier League uh, midfielder next year, I wouldn't want him to be. Uh, the man with it. Um, right, so that sort of wraps up the QBR. There was obviously the uh, rather hilarious incident um, with John Eustace and the uh, and the Fulham bench and the fourth official, who apparently he didn't know was the fourth official, but we'll just pass on um, over that. So, chaps, I think the uh, only thing to go with is your man of the match. So, Wigo, I'll go to you first. Who was your man of the match for our victory, our glorious victory at the Kai Prince Foundation Stadium? There's a few options. I've not really mentioned him, actually, this podcast, which is terrible, but I'm going to go with Tim Ream. He was fantastic, as he has been for the majority of this season, and he was solid, and he kept everything out, and his passing was brilliant yesterday. Uh, proper, He's a proper leader. Um, he should be captain, really, not to slate Kearney, but um, a proper leader's performance from Ream, so he's man of the match. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. A couple of decent passes, a couple of you know, getting out of tricky situations. As you say, the leader, uh, the leader at the back, the you know the captain who should be captain, uh, as it were, with you know, without Tom Kenny. Um, Will, over to you next. Who would you go for man of the match? Yeah, Wigo, you, you stole mine. I'm going to go over him as well. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Uh, I thought him and Tosin were actually had one of their best games this season, and they have they have had a lot of good games. But I thought Reeves often commended for his passing, which was, again, excellent yesterday. But I also thought he was genuinely a really good out-and-out defender. I mean, he's not the tallest centre-back, but he won everything. And uh, he was playing against some tall strikers. I mean, not very good ones. You know, Charlie Austin, special mention for you, mate. But, uh, you know, they, they are big guys. And he, he won absolutely everything in the air, I thought. So, yeah, Reem for me. I mean... Again, Mitrovic scored two, but that's kind of expected now. So I'm going to gonna stick with Reem. Yes, two votes for Reem. So he officially gets the man match. I haven't seen um, who got the one on the Fulham uh, Twitter account who they've mentioned. But I just want to get uh, my nomination would have been Tom Kearney. I think if you look over his, let's just say his theatrics, shall we say, um, at points point during the second half, because he was prone to you know rolling around just a little bit. But I think, again, overall, the majority of the game, he was absolutely amazing in midfield with dictating play, you know, playing short passes, you know, getting out of trouble, but, you know, a couple of long passes, you know, maybe the one uh, for Bobby Reed for his chance uh, in the first half. I just thought the way he controlled and dictated play, you know, we've had some questions about, you know, his fitness and, you know, some will question, you know, whether or not he really wants to and, you know, whether his, his, his overall role in the side and his use going forward and everything. But I so thought on the day yesterday, I thought he was absolutely yeah, I won't say captain fantastic because yeah, I, do, I do still have issues with him uh, being captain. But I just thought overall, I think he was our best player on the day. So that's us out of West London. Now we need to take a look to Yorkshire and our trip to Middlesbrough. Fulham. Right, chaps. So we know that the magic number is now, as I said at the beginning, it's a eight or nine, depending on how you want to look at it with goal difference. And a great chance for us to get three points will be this Wednesday at the Riverside Stadium. Uh, Middlesbrough coming into this game off the back of a 4-0 win against... Yes, Wigo's just giving me a little bit of thinking. Yes, Borough is in Yorkshire. It stunned me as well, but 
Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is in Yorkshire, but anyway, you distracted me now, but I'll carry on. Um, uh, they've come after the game off a 4-0 win away at Peterborough, which um, it, it, it is Peterborough, but at the same time, they have had a very good season. I think Chris Wilder has, rev- you know, not revolutionised them, but done a very good uh, done a very good job there, has sort of stabilised them. I think you know, whether or not they get promoted this year, I think they will be very much a force when it comes into things next season. I've had a very good, I've had a very good year. Obviously, they're FA Cup run, knocking Spurs and Man United out. But how confident are you going into the game? I shall start with you, Will. I, I do think it's going to be quite a difficult game, actually. Like you say, since Wilder's come in, he, he's he's made the team look a lot better. Um, they've got. Uh, they play with wing-backs, which I think is quite interesting. I mean, Wilder's always played that five at the back and Wilder's stuck to what he knows and it's, it's worked very well for him. So I do think it's going to be tough, uh, tougher than QPR, I think. I mean, that's not very difficult, but yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a, a gritty one. I wonder if it'll be the same midfield partnership just because Kenny's a bit, not very strong, basically. But maybe Reed and Chalaber could be uh, an interesting partnership, you know, because Chalaber's a strong in midfield. But we'll have to see. Uh, I, I think we'll win, but it's going to be closer and we're going to need to bring our A game. Okay, same question to you, Wigo. I asked, I mainly uh, take curiosity about your question of the geography. Are you going to the game? Because I don't know whether or not you're in this mix that we're planning to go, but got mixed up with the changing of dates and everything. You've gone to a, you've gone to a bunch of away games uh, this season. Are you off to the game by any chance, Wigo, or are you missing this one out? Uh, no, I'm missing this one out, partly not because really, I can't get it off not, work. Not, sorry, another way, not that I'm judging in any way. I think Middlesbrough away <laughs> on a midweek, I'm not judging anyone who doesn't go. But yeah, sorry, carry on, Wigo. Yeah, no, I can't get off work. And um, yeah, so I'm giving this one a miss, but um trying to head to all the other games. So I think I can sort of take the hit with this one. But to be fair, I was worried that it was going to be the game where we go up and I'd quite like to be there. Um, and I've only missed like a few away games this year. So if if we got promoted on the one I wasn't at, I'd, from a selfish point of view, I'd be a little annoyed. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I do... Uh, I would like to go. I've done it before, but I'll be watching it on the TV for this one. Okay, and just give me your just give me your quick thoughts on the on the game yourself and uh, not yours. Yeah, the game itself rather. It's it's going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, as you guys have said, Wilders really come in and turn them around. They look a good side. Scored some fantastic goals at Peterborough yesterday, and you know their FA Cup run this season's well documented. They beat some big sides. We know how good a Chris Wilder championship team can be. Look at what he did at Sheffield United. And Borough have got some brilliant players. Um, and they're going to be bang up for it. They want to get this playoff place secured. Um, so we really need to be on top form for this game. It's going to be really tricky. And, um, you know, I feel like Saturday's win was kind of one of those where promotion if promotion wasn't already going to happen, it definitely will now. Um, it's just not mathematically confirmed. So, but I want us to get as many points as we can. I still want us to go for the maximum. It'd be great if we can get over 100 points. Um, but there's high standards that we have as Fulham fans. But it's going to be a tough game. Um, but we can still win. We're we're good enough. We're best side in the league. But they're a good side, so we will have to be careful. Yeah, it does have the, it does have the potential to you know ruin the point. You know, you know promotion. You know, arguably the title is. 
uh, very much, you know, not so much a given at this point, but is you know very strong chance. But it does have a thing to mess up the points. So you know, if you want to get hundred points, it's just it's just a thing to have. Um, to say that we got hundred points. Um, but uh, I'll move on to the score prediction then. And seeing as you were on last week, I'll start with you. Give me your score prediction, and also if you see any changes uh, to the starting eleven. Um, I think he'll keep eleven the same, just because you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And everyone played all right. Maybe Cabano actually. Yeah, that's a lie. Definitely Cabano for Bobby Reid. Um, other than that, I'd keep the other 10 the same. I just think Bobby Reid's had a run, not been good enough. Uh, now's the time to swap him out, get Cabano back in and really get uh, the chant in full swing, the one that we the one that we love. Um, and I go with another 2-0. Um, uh, I think Mitrovic will score again. and Maybe a Harry Wilson goal as well, just to top it off. Okay, and Will, same question over to you. Score prediction and any lineup changes? Yeah, I think Cabano as well. Uh, I don't think Bobby Reed was good enough. He's had a few chances at left wing now. Um, but yeah, Cabano's our best winger, besides Wilson, I think. So he, he should be starting either side of Mitrovic. We know he can score and we know he can assist, so I don't see why why he wouldn't be playing. And score prediction, I think it'll be probably 2-1. Um, I think Borough actually, despite how good they are defensively and like all, all the grit they they show, um, I do think they're actually quite good attacking as well. I know, I think it's uh, Asaya Jones. I think is is the right wing back, and he looks really good attacking. Uh, they have James Tavernier, I think, and he he's quite good as well. So, yeah, I, I'll say two one, and I reckon Mitrovic and Tosin. Tosin, a bit of a shadow. By the way, it's it's Marcus Tavernier in Middlesbrough, isn't it? Oh, James Marcus, Tavenier. sorry. Yeah, James, James Tavernier, last time I checked, was at Rangers. But yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, my Scottish yeah. people is in the grace. You could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Marcus. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to uh, line with you, Will. I think I'm going to go for it. I think I'm going to go for a 2 1. It won't be as outlandish as suggesting Tosin's going to get a goal. I think I think Mitrovic will get it. And now that he knows, well, he always knew that the record was inside, but just getting ever, ever closer, I think he's going to have that motivation. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say every time, just until, you know, speaking into existence, I think Harry Wilson will get one uh, with a free kick specific because we still haven't got one from him this season. Um, right, that about wraps it up. Thank you, gents, for uh, joining me on this wonderful Sunday evening as we record. Always good to, you know, good to be back. We've had a bit of time off with um, uh, various uh, technical issues and just, you know, with the international break and everything. Uh, but it's always but it's always good to be back. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on the website, which is fullfocus.com. Until next time, when we will come to you after. Actually, I do not know when we will come to you after because we've still got to work out. We've got still got to work out the schedule for the next coming weeks. But until next time, thank you very much for listening. You take care. I want you to listen.